0: John chapter 13, and we want to look at verse 34. And this is what it says. A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And um, of course, within this verse, there's a phrase that is repeated a number of times. As a matter of fact, this phrase is repeated a hundred times in the New Testament. Approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how not to or how to relate to one another. And it is the word one another. And so the question I would like to pose to you today is this. Why so many one another's in the New Testament? And of course, it relates directly to us being together today. Why so many one another's? And I must say that as I've read the one another's over the years, I've never understood it as well as I'm understanding it now. And especially as we are together now. Because in the beginning of the COVID-19 period, you would have noticed that we were pretty much locked up within our homes, probably not to the extent that people in South Africa where I'm from or people in the UK or America and some other countries were. So we had a little bit of freedom to move around. And suddenly the phrase, whenever I read it in the New Testament, one another, started to stand out to me. And when we couldn't no longer meet together, I realized how important, again, the one another principle in Scripture is. And so I started to do a little bit of research to find out why the Bible says one another so many times. And we have to understand that the phrase one another oftentimes within the Scriptures refer to the church doing things together being together with one another. And the significance were highlighted within my life. And this is a very smart guy. Robert Sang says the phrase one another is derived from the Greek word which means one another. I told you this guy was pretty smart. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is interpreted in the Greek, it is just one another. And that's pretty basic, but I think it speaks about how we should relate to one another. And it's very interesting as well that over this period of time, we had to learn ways of relating to one another. And what I've loved over this period of time, Jane said to me about three weeks ago, Peter, I'm going to miss this period of time. I wasn't quite as enthusiastic as her about the time that we were in. But she was very, very excited because every now and then, Jane would go to our post box and there would be a meal that someone put in our post box. That was some lovely curry. One day from the DeVera family, they had put curry in our post box. And then, um, when we go to our post box, suddenly, um, someone had baked some bread for us. And one of the Mitchell girls made us a bread, and they put it in our post box. And then another day, someone would put some cookies within our post box. And so Jane would say to me, Piet, do you want to go out and look in our post box? People were expressing their love to us in a different way, because they understood what one another meant, and so we were being creative how to relate with one another, and Jane said, pierre I'm really going to miss it, and so often, Jane would say, pierre let us quickly go and just take a drive and go and drop something within uh, someone's house or in the post box, and I remember some friends of ours in the church, and so Jane, Jeez, just just, go and go and drop it within the post box of someone. And I went, and um, what Jean made was a little bit too big for the post box. So I said, well, what do I do? And they have kind of like a front yard there and a gate, and I, here I could just unlatch the gate, and I walked in, and the sliding door was open, and I walked into the house. No one was there. And as I walked in, I put it on. kitchen table there and um, I left again and about a half an hour this lady phoned and as she phoned she says oh thank you so much but my house was in such a mess when Piotr walked in I'm so ashamed and so Jenny said to me what must I say so I said you know I said Your house was nothing but your bedroom. I just went and I had a lie down on your bed there. And and, and I walked out, I said, your bedroom. And of course, she was horrified. And of course, I didn't do that. I just dropped it in and walked out. But you know, those are the one another's within our lives. You know, We've learned during this period of time also to have a little bit of fun with one another. And I think the one anothers are so important within our lives, and I think we take it so for granted. And so, certainly for us, when I look at why there are so many one anothers in the New Testament, I think it is because when we talk about the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we know that the Church is not a normal or an ordinary organization. Would you agree? As a matter of fact, it's not a club. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a supernatural institution where he dwells and Jesus is the head of his church. When the church gathers together, it is not like gathering for a party. It is gathering unto him, the scripture says, and when we're together, his presence is here. He promises us his presence in a new and a dynamic way when the church gets together. It is different from when you're at home. It is different when you're just with yourself. He is there with us. But when the church gathers together, there is a supernatural dimension. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. That's the beauty of the church. And so when we see here Jesus saying, a new commandment I give to you, love one another, he is saying to the church as you read further in the New Testament that the one another takes place out of the context of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that each and every one of us have been saved into. The church means the called out ones, being called out of the world into a community of believers where the Lord Jesus is the center. And my friends, when he is at the very center, his presence is there, his power is there, his person is there. And that makes the church absolutely unique. The principalities and powers shake within their boots when the church gathers together. Would you agree? And that's why our gathering today is no ordinary gathering. It is filled with the presence of God. Because also in the book of Ephesians, which is so interesting, you'll find out a few one another's in the book of Ephesians, which I'll concentrate a little bit more on today. But in the book of Ephesians, it says that God has chosen the church to display His splendor through. He didn't choose one individual. He chose the collective church to display his splendor, his personality, his might, his power. The church is it. We're it because his presence is with us and it's a very dynamic force. When the devil looks at the church, he should shudder in his boots because she is the most powerful get-together people on the face of the planet. No power, no principality is lord over the gathering of his people. And that's why we are together today. And out of that dynamic context, we live out our Christianity in the context of one another. It is not one who is higher than another. It is one another. We're all level, but we all need to be encouraged together in the same way. And that's why my friends and our viewers online, there are some people who can't make it to church. I have one lady who can't go to church in another land, and she sent us a message. Can you please keep the online broadcasts on? She just can't. We would keep it going for one person. For one person. Because there's genuine cases where people can't do this. I know my mother had a stroke and my sister is at home with her and she just cannot sit in a service like this. And so my sister said to me, Do you think your online church will continue? You see, for me, that's very, very important that we can reach out to one another within those unique circumstances. But my friends, it is not a substitute for this one another. Amen? And I never wanted to become that within our church. Because it is incredibly important that flesh and blood come together and we serve one another with the king and his kingdom being in the very center of his people. Why? Because he is so, so amazing to share with one another. The thing that I missed the most over this period of time, and Ken spoke so well a few minutes ago about that, is that you know when people come and they want to come into these doors, they really do meet Jesus here. Why? Is it because we're wonderful? No, it's because his wonderful presence is here. Amen? That's the church. And I said to pastors, I said, pastors, we cannot get so inward focused on our self-need that we forget that the church is there for people to walk into. And my theory is if someone do not know Jesus and they walk through these doors, I have a number, I have a 100% conviction that they will find Jesus here because it's his church and his kingdom is amongst us and it will be extended. But it's because we're together with one another. Now, it's very interesting That the positive commands about one another is something like this. Love one another in John 13. Be devoted to one another in Romans chapter 12. Honor one another above yourself. Live in harmony with one another. Build one another up. Be like-minded towards one another. Accept One another, admonish one another in Romans chapter 15, serve one another, and so there's a whole host of scriptures that tells us what we need to do with one another. And of course, then there are some negative commands about one another how we should treat, well, we should not treat one another. Do not lie to one another. Stop bossing judgment on one another. Stop biting and devouring one another. And so, there are a number of these number one, uh, one anothers. Don't grumble against one another. So, there's positive and negative commands. But the beautiful thing is that these one another's are divided up into a number of categories. And you can have many, many more categories as you look at this. But the one category or one of the themes that come out of the one another statements is simply to love one another. And that's where John chapter 13 comes in. Jesus said, love one another. If there is something that the world needs most at this time, it is for us to love one another you look all throughout the world people will know love when we love each other jesus says that's how people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another we can organize all kinds of marches all kinds of demonstrations But it is not half as powerful when the church loves each other because then men on the outside will know that God loves them. And John chapter 17 tells us that. Incredibly important to understand that. In addition, in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8, it doesn't only say love one another, But it says, love each other deeply. So it takes it another level up. We need to love each other deeply. And so we should go beyond putting some cookies in the post box. That's great. But my friends, we need to step in and we need to love one another deeply. We've got some new families within our church who's come from different countries and um, I know that Robin and the girls arrived as the COVID situation opened up. Nick's been here for about six months prior to that, or three months prior to that. You know, and we were so aware that this family needed not only to be loved, but to be loved deeply. And it was wonderful to see how some of the people in our congregation reached out to them. That's what we mean when we say we love one another deeply. Live church over this period of time. Let's love one another deeply. I've got one story about that, and um, it was quite a step of faith for me to do that. We've been living in our apartment for six years, and the owner of our apartment we've never met, and he's never come in to see whether we're looking after his place. Somehow, the Swiss has an amazing sense of trust. In South Africa, we would be going to our rented property how many times a month? Probably twice to see if people are not poking holes in the uh, uh, walls and those type of things. And we never saw this man. But every year over Christmas, he would drop a basket of wine, of pasta, and other goodies every single year. And he's got a carpet place just across the road from where we live. And he owns half of the town that we live in. He's a very, very wealthy man. And in the mornings, I see this man come to work at about eight o'clock. He's in his mid-seventies. And he leaves around five, six o'clock. But we've never been able to connect with him. We've sent them thank you notes, give a, gave it to us, but we never met him. And so on Thursday, I just drove out and I saw him walk into the shop And something within my spirit just said, stop and go and meet him. I was so scared. Because I know that he doesn't speak any English. My friend taught me that. And I started getting all of my German phrases together within 20 seconds. Help me, Lord, fill my mouth. Have you heard that scripture? Just fill it, Lord. (laughs) And I stopped the car there and all of my courage... I must have, and as I got to the door, someone phoned him. <laughs> so, on his cell phone, now I had to stand there for another two, three minutes, and I stood there, you know, and, and I'm trying to remember my introductory phrase, and it just left. And he put his phone off, and he walked towards me, and uh, I introduced myself as Herr Wallace from and Infolines, um, and looked at me. He said, ah, at Wallace. And he put his hand out to greet me. And I put my hand out, and I shook his hand. And of course, we're supposed to not do that. But he put his hand out, and I greeted his hand, and we proceeded to talk for about five minutes. My German suddenly came, and we had a great conversation. I was able to Tell him how long I lived and thank him for the Christmas gifts that he brought to us every year. And I said, ah, it's, it's nothing I said to him, no, for us, it was actually everything. Sometimes people who do not share our faith can teach us something about one another. This man taught me so much within that five minutes. A very wealthy man. He didn't even have to give me a minute, but he gave me more. He didn't I didn't feel like he was gonna to go to the next thing. Have you ever spoken to people and they always go to the next thing? You feel rushed, hurried? He just was calm, he was relaxed, and then he said to me, Oh, by the end of the year, he said, the company Hamitech who covers the lease at uh, Covers the renting agency. He says they're not going to be looking after this anymore. He says, but what you can do is, if you have any questions or any problems, he says, here my here's my card. Phone me personally. Isn't that amazing? My friends, the one another doesn't only work for us in the body of Christ. The one another works for people out there in the world too. And now we have this conviction. And my friends, you know my conviction. I believe God has brought all of us to Switzerland so that the gospel in some shape or form can touch the hearts of people. Who knows whether this man has ever met a Christian? Who knows? In Switzerland, you never know. And I had this opportunity to do that. Just the one another principle, love one another deeply. And so we love one another here, but God has called us to love one another deeply outside there. For me, it was one of those steps of, yes, breakthrough. I would so love for each and every one of us to say, that, God, give me an opportunity if you're renting a property. Now many of them are controlled by big organizations. I understand that. And we talked about that last night with some guests we were with. But if you can, let's reach out to the very precious and wonderful people of Switzerland. Love one another deeply. And our church lift. We need to love each other deeply. And the only way we do that is for us to come together. Agreed? So I want to encourage us to do that. The second co- uh, category of um, the lo- love one another's or just the one another's is that of unity. And this is the largest section of one another's statements. Did you know that? Speaks about unity, the one another's. A body that's together where we watch one another's backs and we watch the words that we say to one another, we're kind. And I find that we're way too flippant with our choice of words and the way that we speak. When we speak and when we shouldn't be speaking. Over this period of time, the body of Christ, we need to watch what we say and who we say it to all of us included, the largest category of one another is so that there would be unity amongst us. I want you to think back at your conversation the last week to people. Think back. Think back what you said to people. Think back how you said it to people. Was it to promote unity? To protect? To build up? Have you been able to speak the truth in love? Not speak the truth. If you can't speak it in love, don't speak that truth. And so we see here with the commands that Jesus gives us, his church should be preserving the unity of the body when we speak the truth, but we speak it in love. Romans chapter 15, 7, when it comes to unity, it says, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. Flaws and all. Accept one another. So the second category speaks about unity. The third category of one another, speaks about servanthood and humility. I have seen people serve within the church over the last three months, even though we're not together like this, but they've served with such humility, with such graciousness. They've inspired me to serve better. That's a very, very strong one another. Jesus said in John chapter 13 verses 1 to 7, he said he washed his disciples' feet, a task that is only normally performed for their masters. John chapter 13 verses 14 to 15 says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done, verily, verily, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Wow. God has called us to serve one and another. How do you do it if we're not together? We can pray for one another, sure. We can do other things, sure. But actually to really fulfill this command, we must be together often. And then lastly, the fourth category of one another is to encourage one another and to edify one another one another. I don't think I needed encouragement and edification more than I needed it this past week. I started to just unravel at the edges a little bit. Have any of you over the last three months just got to that place a little bit? Uh, Thank you. Thanks. There's a number of us. I think Adam and I felt the same way this week kind of like, you know, and at other times, you know, you just start unraveling at the edges and we've been working hard, I'm tired, and we've got to focus with all of these things, and I could just see at my edges, I started to unravel. I'd watch my words, had to control myself. Sometimes I did well, other times I didn't do that well. During this week, I know that there have been people who just needed to be encouraged. The one another statement is essential when it comes to encouragement. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18 says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Isn't that amazing? Encourage one another with these words. We had a number of people within our church lose a loved one. One of the people in our congregation lost their 22-year-old daughter, and she sang up front here today, just a couple of months ago. They needed to be encouraged, and I think they were by the church here. One of the guys who played keyboards, Tom, he lost his brother, younger brother. He was about 33, 34 years old. Needed to be encouraged. Encouraged number of you have had your own situations. You see, my friends, when we're not together, it's very, very hard to encourage one another. To encourage one another, it means we've got to be present in one another's lives. We've got to speak courage into each other. We have to have the presence of mind. We've got to have the presence of heart. We've got to have the love where you no longer on Mr. or Mrs. number one. Over the COVID-19 period, I realized that the I in me is very, very small. It's, it's, It's a small letter I, not a capital letter I. Amen? You cannot love one another when your I is capital, when your opinions are so outspoken and stands above everybody else. Pastor, a friend that I know who lives in America, he put down a phrase and he said, what I have found over the last few months, I was doing more than anything else was that I was pastoring opinions instead of pastoring people. How sad. We live for one another. The Bible college I was a part of, In America, their motto was simply to live for one another. That was put everywhere at the gatepost. Live, love, live for one another. And I love that. My friends, the one another statement is to encourage each other and to edify one another. And I want to encourage us over the next few months. We don't know what's going to happen. In Switzerland, do we? We don't know whether the spike is going to go up or down. We don't know whether we will meet next month. It's true. We don't. But we need to make sure. That we love one another. Here. And we also love. The one another's out there. Who do not know the love of Christ. And So I want to encourage all of us break out of our COVID-19 boxes, and for us to start loving one another, as the church does so well for centuries, and we'll see Christ glorified and uplifted, and we'll see men and women come to Jesus. Would you stand, please, can I have the worship team to together? And as the worship team prepares, closing song for us. I would call us as a church to this commitment. Even as many of us are going to go on holiday. Who's going to go on holiday in the next month? Can you put up your hands, please? That's a great thing. Can I encourage you before you go on holiday? To phone at least one person. Not your friend necessarily. But someone that you think just need encouragement. Before you go on holiday. And be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's live it out practically. In honor of our wonderful Lord Jesus. And so would you just... Come before our Lord now. And I'm going to pray after the song that we're going to sing. But I just want us just to still our hearts for a moment before God. And acknowledge that as we have gathered together, that this is no normal gathering. The presence of the Lord is here to heal. The presence of the Lord is here to encourage. The presence of the Lord is here to rescue Rescue us from our sins, but also to rescue us from ourselves. His presence is here to protect you. You cannot walk out of this gathering with fear within your heart. If you have fear because of the COVID situation, there's a supernatural presence of God here to make you wise, but not to give you fear. He wants to come and bring peace within your heart today. And so would you just come now, just before him, and as we sing this next song, let him come and deal with the isolation, default that could be within our hearts. Let him come and deal with the fears that's within our hearts, and let's just give ourselves to Him.